0: So uh, thanks for taking a little bit of time out of your day to listen to listen to this podcast series. We've got a few that we're going to put together for you today and record uh, back-to-back. And um, I'm joined here today with Henrik from SAP Concur, and I'll let him introduce himself. But I'll start with <laughs> introducing myself, and that's uh, a principal analyst here at Forrester. I, I look after employee experience on the future of work research team here. I serve primarily C-level executives. And so... Um, you could say that my research stands at the intersection between organizational behavior and psychology and technology. So, try to help companies create places where people not only want to stay for a long time, but will do the best work they're capable of. So, uh, that's my passion, and I'm honored to be here. Henrik, how about you? Yes. Hi,
1: Henrik van Um I'm with Subconquer, and I'm the uh, responsible vice president for product strategy at Subconquer and as such are responsible for product development, ear to the market, seeing what's going on, reacting to this one. And um, so very happy to have the conversations today.
0: You know, this uh, going through this pandemic has disrupted a lot of things, and uh, this past the past six months have been the busiest of my ten years at Forester. <laughs> so, so many of our clients struggling with changes um, as they're going through this, and uh, and trying to get an outside perspective on what other other organizations are doing, uh, what we've learned, what our data tells us, um, and so there's uh, there's. A little bit of background that I guess I'd like to share (laughs) before we get going, just from the research. One thing that really stands out, though, is I want to level set on just one thing, and that is employee experience and employee engagement in general. Um, We believe pretty strongly that engagement, right? People being willing to give 100% 100 of themselves is the most important outcome of a really good employee experience. If your employee experience is good, people are willing to give their best. They're willing to work hard. Uh, They're willing to be resilient, right? and so that's what this is really about, is creating the conditions under which that's likely, right? When people are, are willing, to, willing to give their best. And so um, one of the things, though, that's commonly misunderstood is what really drives engagement. Um, there's a professor at the Harvard Business School that I worked with on this research early on. What she discovered is that when she would survey any group of a thousand managers and ask them to rank in order of importance what mattered, they would say things like recognition or paper performance or important work or great colleagues. And it's not that those things aren't important. They are. It's just they're not the most important. The most important thing she found was being able to make progress every single day in the work that they believe is most important, being able to get things done. When I go out and speak about employee experience, right? When I used to be able to do that at conferences, I would ask people, you know, how do you want to feel when you leave work every day? And they say, I want to feel accomplished. I want to feel like I made a difference, like I got something done. Yeah, Um, it's, it's tied to psychological safety, right? We are all trading time in our personal lives to be at work to put food on our tables, to put, keep a roof over our heads, to put our kids through school, those things are foundational for us. And so we want to know that the work that we're doing every day is going to some good. Now, coming into a pandemic situation, that's what's scaring people, or has been scaring people, is um, how do I, how am I gonna succeed? Am I gonna succeed working remotely? I'm used to being able to talk to people every day. I'm used to being able to ask people questions and get answers every day. Um, I'm used to building rapport every day, which is vital for my, for my career growth and safety and everything else. We can't do that anymore, not as easily. And so there's a lot of challenges that go along with that. Um, but the questions that have been coming from our clients as we've been going through this, this pandemic um, has been about how do we uh, create a remote working environment or that's you know, as good as being in the office or how do we up level our managers uh, so that they can manage people effectively when working remotely, right? Things like that, but also questions about when can we resume travel, and if so, you know, what are the circumstances that we should we should look for to do that? Um, so those are a lot of the discussion points as well. Um, but um, one thing's for sure, uh, things are not going to be normal the way that they were ever again. Uh, our prediction is is that about three times as many people are going to continue working outside of an office as we had before the pandemic began. So we had about seven percent in the U.S., about six percent in Europe, uh, less four or five percent in other parts of the world working remotely, at least um, least for most of the week. Um, We think that's going to be about 21 percent in the U.S. and about 18 or 19 percent in Europe and 14 or 15 percent in other parts of the world uh, after the pandemic. So, um, remote work, and by remote work, that means travel, right? That means a lot, not just working at home, um, is going gonna, is gonna to increase uh, over time, so after the pandemic is over. So anyway, that's just the background I wanted to give you and level set a little bit on the research. Hendrik, has anything bubble up for you uh, when I talk about those things?
1: I just can only confirm what, what you just said. I mean, we hear the same things. We see the same reactions. We've seen that people kind of currently um, considering what could be the new normal? Uh, and, and we always see a very different kind of theories about what is the new normal. I think it will show over time. Uh, I fairly honest um, see that a lot of customers are currently trying to get their minds around, how do we handle this one? How do we handle all the travel policies? How do we handle travel policies also to meetings, they, which may occur in the future again, from the remote office locations and this kind of stuff. So, so there, there are a lot of, of, of things that the companies consider, and not only for the travel part, also for the HR part and all this together, because that all belongs together.
0: You know, that's a really good uh, opportunity to transition uh, to a question um, and, and a topic of discussion. What are some of the scenarios that you're seeing play out? You know, something as you've gone and, and worked with your clients what are some of the scenarios you're seeing play out for them? Uh, anything rise that is has just stood out for you as being particularly interesting?
1: Um, uh, we have seen different kinds of trends um, and, and it is also very geographical different. Uh, but, but it's also depending on where they are in the current stage of the pandemic and where where they think they will be in a few months, et cetera. Some areas are restarting. And uh, what, what we have seen is um, many kind of, first of all, policy changes. Um, uh, companies are considering different kinds of changes that the employees who volunteer to travel, first of all, get a risk assessment speaking, um, don't go to, to areas which are considered high risk areas for COVID infection at the current time, et cetera. So they, they need to have help there, so, so like, um, you know, product which, which helps them to identify what is the risk factor before they go. So it's, it's also combining the booking the uh, request product. Huh? So more or less, before I travel, I request where I go, not only from the financial point of view. But some of our customers have to do this from a financial point of view but many of them have to do this simple to for, for the safety of the employees because employees who want to have the recognition, and you mentioned this before, are willing to take also, let's call it light risks, uh, to go somewhere just to close the deal or whatsoever, even if it may not be considered safe for them to go and so you have to find opportunities for them. And, and we see a lot of customers who are currently struggling to balance this us use tools around this one or HR guide. Yeah,
0: it's, it's like getting their arms around what are the risks, right? How do we, how do we score these risks? How do we make an intelligent decision um, and, and mitigate the risks as much as we can, uh, you know, for travel? So that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. That's what they're thinking.
1: And we see the risk changing on a daily basis. I mean, you see it every day oh, now this this state is not blocking. You have 14 days, you cannot get out of the room. And others okay. just opening and then they're blocking again, et cetera. I think it's also the uncertainty where where we see with our products, et cetera, helping them to, to once you made the decision, to also be flexible to adjust your decision. I mean, there's a reason why airlines just said we waive all the fees for, for domestic travel bookings because they realized otherwise nobody books anything anymore because you don't know if you can fly the next day to the city you plan to go.
0: Yeah, that's right. It's a way to get cash flow for the airlines uh, to yes. be flexible. Right? <laughs> hopefully, some of that's, Hopefully, some of those policy changes will stick. <laughs> Let
1: me say this: they say indefinite, so, so for a long time let's see in one or two years and let's talk again in two years and let's see if if the airlines still remember what they said.